Good morning. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. Maybe. I don't know. This, I, You know, I don't like when people start a podcast and say, you know what that means, because what if this is the first time that you actually listen to this podcast? Then you don't know what this means, and we're starting off with me making assumptions. And that's just not a really good way to start. Um, <laughs> it's Wednesday. It is the Wednesday Drive. Uh, so this is actually every... Wednesday, I go to a networking meeting for small businesses, and it's about, it's typically going to be about a 45-minute drive. Uh, actually, it's probably going to be a little bit longer this week because we have construction going on the, uh, the highway um, entrance and exit that's closest to, to where I live, so I have to actually go down to the other expressway and, uh, and pick up my drive there. So that's going to probably add some time to this, but you know, like we're just gonna, we're just going to chat about some stuff and chat about what it is that's going on. Um, so this will be a mix of personal stuff. Um, biggest thing from a fitness perspective for me right now as I continue to get ready for that 10k at the flying pig. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are less than a month away. And it's uh it's funny. It, it's kind of like it hasn't really it hasn't really crept up cuz like, you know, we've been talking about this a lot constantly and doing countdowns and stuff on Instagram. So Instagram's kind of reminding me when I see my countdowns how much time we have until the meetup, which the next day is the race. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't really snuck up um, on me, but at the same time, I kind of feel like 2019 is, uh, it's going by fast. So, uh, but tr from a training standpoint, things are good. I uh, mentioned to you previously that really for the entire year of 2017, I was dealing with a stress fracture in my foot between my big toe and my second toe. Um, and, um, you know, really even into last year, uh, cardio became kind of a, kind of a difficult thing for me to do because with this being an overuse injury and this being something that you kind of had to let heal on its own, um, required a lot of rest and a lot of testing and then resting and then testing and, and, and aggravating and resting and all that. Um, all this to say that I, I wasn't really sure once I started doing distances, um, and I'm walking this to this point. I'm, and when we do the race, like I'm going to be walking most of the thing. Uh, I've, I've basically like my, my, uh, I don't even want to say hopes, but like my thoughts of being a runner have, have been squashed and I'm absolutely 100% a okay with that. Um, because running takes such a taxing toll on my body. Um, I don't, it's funny, like, I saw an article once that listed, if you have, and listed, like, 20 things. If you had any of these, you should strongly consider not running, and I had, like, if there were 20, I had, like, 14 or 15 of those things. So, it's it's a miracle, uh, minor miracle, that from an injury standpoint, given the fact that I'm doing all this stuff with, you know, cerebral palsy and, and having to adapt pretty much how I train and how I work out and all this. It's amazing that the overuse 
injuries that I've had have just been limited to uh, to plantar fasciitis a couple of times, or I guess I have a case of plantar fasciitis that's only, I got injured once, and then it flared up once um, after that, and then really the stress fracture. Um, and, you know, my ankles aren't as strong as they could be, but they, uh, they, they do all right too. So uh, all that to be said, you know, when I look at running, I like the community that running can offer. Uh, that was actually what really, really got me pumped up about it in the first place because, um, I know I've told you before, like we had a, uh, a walk run group up at Crossroads and, um, I worked with the couch to 5k folks and like I would get people 5k ready. Um, and I've told you kind of my training philosophy for that was like day one, you know, they, they got the entire program on that couch to 5k app and I just would take them out and like the distance we were doing. Yeah, we did three miles the first day. So you got people like, all right, I'm going to train for a race. I'm going to build up to be able to do that. Nope, you're going to do the distance and then you're going to re we'll record the time to see how long it takes you to do it. And then once we have the time, we'll be able to, uh, to you know, work towards training and, and you'll see what your pace is and you'll see how dramatic you'll be able to take, uh, to take time off of, uh, of your, uh, distance so uh, and that actually it, it is super simple and straightforward I think because uh, I've, I've talked to I know Amy and I have talked about this a couple times uh, gym of the gym that if you're doing longer distances than 10 K's you probably can't get away with going out the first time and doing the distance um, and, I, and and the way I've been training here I've not uh, I have not done the uh, six mile distance total yet so I guess for 10Ks, I wouldn't even recommend doing this. Um, but, but for 5Ks, it's great. Uh, but as far as my training, I'm, I'm really satisfied because going into this, I really didn't know how my foot was going to react once I started trying to build endurance and do distance um, and, and, and then start doing it consecutively. I'm very happy that, you know, I now get up... Um, most mornings I'm doing between two and three miles a day, depending on what my workload is like. And then uh, I have had, I've, I've, I've done the four mile, I've done four miles, no problem. Um, I will be doing the entire six mile distance. I still think at some point within the next month, even if, if not basically right now, like if the race was tomorrow, I would be very confident that I would be able to, to, um, do the race and, and distance and I'm going to be absolutely fine. So I am happy with how the race training has gone. I'm happy with, um, uh, really kind of getting, getting back into using my Fitbit. Like I've worn the thing consistently, but like making a point to, to hit those goals. So, you know, I know last week, again, like as I'm doing this from a distance standpoint, um, and, and what really caused this this overuse injury back from 2017 was that really for all of 2016 and in the end of 2015, I was in a lot of these step challenges. So I was doing, um, I was I was pulling in some pretty hefty step step counts, and then you know I have to have to remind myself that no matter what it is I do, my body is adapting. So. 
there are muscles and joints and such that are doing things that they might be not really they're doing things that may not be their primary function so when your body as a whole is doing that over time and having to compensate to that level uh you're you're going to wear some things out so basically that's what happened as i was doing all these steps i was in some, i was wearing shoes that i should not have been wearing uh to do this and it caught up with me uh but that being said since I've been getting back into the Fitbit stuff here, really over over the last couple of weeks, um, I started paying attention to steps more. Last week I did um, I had ten thousand steps. I did it three times, and the week on the Fitbit, I, I don't know if mine is like everybody else's, but it's set to where day, your your weeks are basically Sunday through Saturday. So last week, Sunday through Saturday, I did ten thousand steps three times. And then uh, this week, so Sunday through Saturday, because I'm really, really, you know, hammering in those those step counts. Um, I'm I'm working on day four right now, so it's Wednesday. So this literally is the fourth day of the week. Uh, I've gotten ten thousand, at least ten thousand every day, and I've been hitting all the other goals too, checking all the boxes. So um, as I would say to my clients that are wearing Fitbits. Um, and I say very often to Emily, um, all the green, I'm getting all the green. So, so training's good. Um, yeah, I, I'm, that's personally, that's, that's what's going on. Um, professionally it's, it's more of the same. It's, you know, making sure on the fitness side of things that my clients are well taken care of that, you know, I'm setting them up to be successful by setting goals, uh, making sure that the goals we're setting are, are things that are within their control, making sure that I'm paying attention to where, um, I, I'm with goal setting in general, both with myself and with them. And you guys, if you've heard me talk about minimum daily actions, I like to set kind of a, a baseline, a baseline number that you're going to go over and above. So there is, there really, there aren't that many days where people just aren't hitting their goals. Um, if they're not hitting their goals, and you're, you always have to account for, yes, there are going to be one-offs, and that's why when I tell you with minimum daily actions, say for a week, I'm going to do it at least four times. Now, in general, okay, you're going to be able to exceed your goals most days, but I, I'm always, you know, it, it really, when, when we talk about setting yourself up for success, there is the whole mental side of it of if you have goals set that you're exceeding all of the time and you're giving yourself plenty of wiggle room to be successful, um, it just changes your entire mindset and your entire relationship with eating exercise and all the rest of it. So, and, and that is such a huge part, but when somebody says you've got to change your mind to be successful, that's what they mean. And that's how, well, that's how you do it. Um, so, you know, setting, setting my clients up to be successful, making the adjustments and making myself accessible. And, you know, I will, uh, for any of my clients that are listening, as I tell you guys, <laughs> the, uh, the ones that are most successful we're talking pretty much on a daily basis. Now that might just be a text message back and forth, might not even take like 30 seconds out of the day, but it's 
know, when people talk about fitness accountability, uh, that's, that's really what that looks like. And, you know, for me, it's more individual. It's the individualized from what I've seen, because like all the, all the stereotypical stuff that you think of with, you know, the, within the weight loss community from like what a coach does or how accountability is done. I literally have done or am doing all of it. So, you know, your Facebook groups, your challenges, all this stuff. And what I've seen that gets the, the best outcomes and the best uh, results for my clients is that one-on-one -on -one conversation because that applies, you can apply context to, to somebody's situation. And um, when you have that context, and in this, you know, I guess this is for anybody that's thinking of becoming a fitness professional or a fitness coach, which by the way, I do, and I say this, this is one of those things that I say all the time, and I know, uh, you know, I was laughing because I was listening to Gary Cantrell's podcast this morning as I was getting my steps in, as he was talking to Chelsea, Chelchip. Um, so it's, it's, always, it's, it's always awesome on Wednesdays because I do get to... Um, that's when his podcasts come out. Now I have early access because I am part of his Patreon group, which if you're not contributing to Gary's Patreon, you need to right now, uh, message him. If his link, if the link isn't in his profile, he's probably promoting this week's episode in his profile. So just message him and be like, Hey, I want to support what you're doing. And you know, he's got all kinds of, of levels for that. And, um, you know, get yourself, support him, get yourself a mention on his podcast, get yourself a hard work always wins shirt, uh, trademarked by Gary Cantrell and, uh, you know, support what he does because he's, uh, he's got a great message. He's really trying to help a lot of people and he's going to continue doing what he needs to do. And by you supporting that, he's able to do a little bit more of it. So, um, but I was listening, where was I going with this? Because I, I, you know, got on this whole plug of Gary Cantrell. Um, oh yeah, I was listening to his podcast. <laughs> He's like, you know, this is like about saying stuff all the time, man. the same stuff all the time. And I don't apologize for this because I realize when people listen to us, like we're just reinforcing because I need things reinforced in my head. Like when I'm trying to work through change and I'm trying to do things, um, you know, like everybody needs reinforcement. So, and I think that's something that gets lost when, when people are within the weight loss community is that you're looking for the new, the shiny new thing. And that could be from somebody that's, you know, trying to, to lose weight, or that could be somebody that's trying to stand out within the industry. That's, that's a coach or a trainer or wanting to get into that. They're always trying to look at something from a different angle. But if you, if you have a central message and you realize that, you know, people need regular reinforcement. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have told me you know, pieces of information once or twice. I don't remember it. I need to be reminded. I assume that, you know, if you're listening to this, even though I, st I started off this episode making an assumption that I really wasn't making an assumption, but, you know, uh, I, I assume that you 
don't remember or in some cases have ever heard what I'm talking about before. So, you know, I have to be able to, to provide that kind of context for somebody that's coming into the show for the first time. Uh, or if you're somebody that's been listening for a while, like I understand, you know, I don't anticipate that you hang on to every single word that I say. So, you know, I'll just say it again. So that's the thing with Gary and I, we're reinforcing the, the message and, you know, and you've, we've both said this, like, it's not sexy. It's just straightforward and to the point. So I guess with, you know, that could be a tagline for our, our weekly uh, podcast that we do on here is like, you know, it could be like Gary and Daryl, only thing sexy here are the hosts. Um, I don't know, probably not, but what was I, man, this is good. I'm getting into all these sidebars today. So Yes. Okay. The original thing that I that I was talking to you about is that I think we are getting to a point where um, we're we're getting to a point to where you know people that are losing weight now that are fitting this into their life, whatever their life is, uh, whether they're stay at home parent, whether they're working shift work, whether they're working a traditional nine to five. Whatever it is, whether they're somebody that's starting their own business and they're working all the time, like we're really getting into a place where you, if you're interested in helping people, you can create your own brand and even if you want a business around people that are going through a similar circumstance to where you've been. And as long as you're a little bit further along in the journey and you're really genuinely interested in helping people. And see, that's the thing. You have to want to help people more than anything else. Because if you want to help people, you will eventually, you know, you you can get compensated from it. But I'll tell you what, if you're doing this as a money grab, because it's a hot thing and fitness coaching. And by the way, guys, like even though it's been around for a while, it's just what, what really matters is that it's catching on mainstream. So the fact that it's catching on mainstream means that people in a much larger number are aware of it. And when they're aware of it, then, you know, you actually have a much bigger opportunity. And instead of people that are just kind of your early adopters um, with trends, you're, you're speaking to more people that you know and that you come across of and they're familiar with what it is that you do. Uh, probably the hardest thing for me in the last couple of years has just really been explaining to people that what I do is I, I'm basically one of the tools that helps you you know, get the outcome that you're looking for. Now, I do that by focusing on the things that are within your control and, you know, basically getting and, and helping you through your day and when there's, you know, choices that need to be made, given this set of choices, what do you think, you know, that, that should be, what, what should I be having for lunch or dinner or this situation? And then, you know, there's the whole end of a, there's the whole context of that situation of, okay, based on your day and your preferences and kind of where you are, we're going to make this choice. And when we're talking food, it's not always, you know, the, uh, the, the lowest calorie option. So that's kind of a neat thing too. Like it's not, it's not always as black and white as calories. Um, but basically, and, and, you know, that's kind of 
in essence on the time saver because as you know if you if you're trying to lose weight you can get in your head and you can knock yourself off course and you can feel like you know weeks go by and you just don't feel like you're back on track basically if, if you feel like it's going to take you four or five days to get on track i can probably have you focusing on what you need to focus on and back to it the same day so because the, the key to all of this whether you're doing it on your own or you're working with somebody else is that you just keep going um i had a client message me last night and, I, and this was actually a really good question um was going to, to eat something that was outside of the norm and was going to eat more than what was normally outside of, of you know, what this person does and was like, okay, is it important that I acknowledge that, you know, I'm, I'm eating this in this quantity and just calling it for what it is and then eating it and then, you know, putting it in with, with the tracking info that I do. And my response was, well, that's important, but the most important thing here isn't, it's not the fact that you're choosing to eat what you're choosing to eat, it's that you're okay with that choice and you're going to be able to move on. Because I think the big, the big underlining message when we talk about the key to success is being consistent, it's it's, it, it really is being okay with the choices that you make and moving on. Um, and I will tell you guys, because it's, it's Wednesday, <laughs> and I have the last two weeks, yes, I have gotten on the scale. And uh, the thing is, is and I, I just told you the difference between the step counts that I'm getting this week versus last week and how last week was really kind of a... Where I really kind of started to string some stuff together, but I've I've gone up almost three pounds on the scale. I was 203 flat uh, last week when I got weighed, and this week I was 205.8. Full disclosure: I did not take a waist measurement this week, so I, I did not do a proper progress update. My coach is going to kick my ass. Um, yeah, it's going to be real mad at me. Um, I'm my own coach, by the way. Um, anywho, but the reason I'm telling you this is I, I, like, I literally saw the number and I'm like, meh. <laughs> and then I just got back to what I was doing. There was no second guessing on anything. Um, I can tell you that eating at Chewy's back-to-back days um, this week that probably hampered me a little bit. But I will tell you, there are, when it comes to like restaurant meals. Um, Chewy's is a favorite of mine. I've told you guys about the 1883 uh, restaurant that's that's uh, next to our Kroger. So literally, like, if, if it comes down to um, me being able to get the Nashville hot uh, honey chicken, the hot honey chicken, that always, like, that throws me for a minute because I'm like, yeah, as I get, it's the whole, like, spicy, sweet thing. But it just throws me when I'm trying to tell you what it is. But it's the Nashville hot honey chicken sandwich. Yes, I get it fried because it is just delicious. It's like a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich that I know a lot of people think is kind of the gold standard of taste. Yeah, amp that up by about three or four and you have this sandwich. I absolutely love it. So, 
you know, between that, which isn't even a restaurant I went to this week, I just feel obligated to tell you about, um, <laughs> and Chewy's, like, those are my favorites, because when I go to Chewy's, I get the, um, I get the fish tacos, the fried fish tacos, because that's not something I'm typically going to make at home, so because I'm not going to make it at home, that's what I get, and then you go to Chewy's, I know people are like, don't eat the chips and salsa when you go out to a Mexican restaurant, you're going to fill up. Yeah, I eat the chips and salsa. I eat the calorie bomb of the creamy jalapeno uh, sauce. It's like, I just, I really enjoy it. So, I'm, I'm figuring, yeah, I, I did that this week. Uh, that's probably, that, that would probably cause the scale number to go up. But literally, I've spent way more time explaining to you my love of this uh, chicken sandwich at 1883 than I actually spent internalizing the number on the scale. Because I literally got off the scale, put my shoes on, and went and started getting my steps in. Like, it was literally, yep, that's the number. Let's get back to just doing what it is that needs to be done. Um, so, that, that's one thing. As we are in Weigh-In Wednesday, I, I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to um, remember that scale number is just, it, it, it is a tool, and that was something I, I really, I've got about 20, I think 20, 25 minutes left in the podcast that Gary did with Chelsea, but I knew one thing she said on there was how, you know, she weighs in every day, but she also knows that the scale is a tool, and if she feels like it's getting in her head, she backs off of it, so that's, that's and this is somebody that's lost well over 100 pounds, and has done it over the of a couple of years is telling you that, you know, look, you, you have to take an active role in your weight loss process. You can't just check out and at the same time, you know, be at the mercy of the scale for, for looking at that and how you're progressing. So, you know, tying that back real quick to what it is that I've been doing on my training, I'm viewing my progress as, yes, I, I'm getting all the green on my Fitbit, but the fact that I wake up in the morning and my foot isn't feeling like I, um, it isn't, isn't feeling like it's, it's in a tremendous amount of pain, um, and that I'm not going to be able to walk, uh, you know, that's my victory. That's my, that's what's showing that I'm really making progress and really, you know, that my foot's strong enough that I'm building endurance and that I'm doing the things that I need to do. And I know that the weight's going to work itself out. I go back and forth on, like, I, I, I really, like, I just kind of like not knowing what my weight is. Um, because look, I've, I've told you guys before, I've, I've got the whole history with dieting that, that most people have. Like, I attached my progress and, and if I'm honest at times my worth to what the scale number was to what the body fat percentage number was um, you know to all of it like so now I love not worrying about the scale I love not getting on the thing but at the same time like sometimes you know like getting on it like it's it's probably good for me to know if I'm doing all these other things that I can focus on getting my water getting all the green you know, making sure first and foremost I'm not injured. Um, you know, it's not bad to know that information. Um, and then sometimes if I really want to get into the whole thing of like, you know, Wednesday is weigh-in Wednesday, and I don't like the way the weigh-in Wednesday is presented by a lot of people in the weight loss community because I think it, it again reinforces that whole tying your 
level of success to the number that you see. So, but whether than you know coming on here and complaining about that, something I've done in the past and I'm probably going to do again, is start putting my scale numbers on my Instagram, but like not even acknowledging. I don't even acknowledge the number. Like I, I've gotten to the point when I post it, I just. Um, I just post it, you can see the number, and I talk about basically what's been going on with my work. I, and I think that's how, it's like, look, here's the number, if, if you want to use it as accountability, if you want to post it, be like, here it is, everybody. Uh, that, I think, is awesome. What I don't like is the tag that goes along with it. And so many people, as Gary was talking about, they go .03 pounds on the scale, and then they go on the apology tour. But 
I remember they were very snug when the school year started. And then I'd get back in my normal school year routine and, you know, like, wait and come back. So I remember that. That was more so uh, heading into eighth grade and then heading into ninth grade. Uh, so ninth grade was actually when my freshman year, that, that was when I was first aware of my life. And then, you know, it's so like, I've been doing this stuff for a while. And that, that I think is the one thing that has, one of the things that has given me a, a point of view on this that is very real and very helpful is I've seen kind of the trends. And, you know, right now, I, I know if you're following keto, and I talk about, like, I have so many friends that are doing keto that are having success with it, and it, it is working for them, and they've made it, you know, back to what Chelsea had talked about with her daily weigh-ins, like they've made it their own program. So the fact that they've made it their own, that's why they're so successful. And I don't begrudge anybody for that. But, you know, it's funny to me because anybody that's buying into the headlines of keto uh, and, and, you know, will look at it and be like, how could people eat this many carbs? Well, 20 years ago, like, fat was was vilified and it was all about eating the carbs like you know added you know sugar is is the villain now um which by the way i think added sugar i think you should limit that as much as you can like if you're choosing between eating a banana and a you know snickers bar i think you should choose the banana more often than not. Does that mean you should never have a Snickers bar? No, if you like Snickers, have a Snickers. Um, don't be hangry. But, you know, for people to be like, I can't believe people are eating all these carbs. Well, this is the message that was reinforced. You basically take the, the, the vilification of carbohydrates, make that the vilification of fat, and you have what was popular 20 years ago. The other thing of this is like, because professionally, I'm a marketer. Like, that's what my degree's in. That's what my, um, that's, that's what my, um, my uh, job of choice was. That was the industry that I chose to, to be in predominantly. Um, and, you know, that's like, so I can look at this from a marketing perspective. And it's just, it's very plain to see. And you can see it too. Like the companies are very blatant about how they market things. It's right in front of your face. All the, the fancy words they put on labels and from everything to that to the whole thing of like, you know, the, <laughs> setting it up that like our, our advanced societies as a whole are somehow victims because as a whole they think that you know, fast food is cheaper than, uh, and restaurant food is cheaper than, you know, actually buying food at the grocery store. I know that's a common message that's put out there. And by the way, I do know there are places in the U.S. and I'm assuming all over the world where produce isn't readily available, where, you know, the cost of, uh, the quality and the cost is higher. But I'm saying for, for most of the people consuming this particular podcast, when you have an option and you are, you know, you're going to spend your money on a meal, um, it actually 
is much, much cheaper to buy things at a grocery store and figure out how to prepare them and you don't have to buy organic and you don't have to buy grass-fed and when they put these graphics out of how much cheaper it is to get like drive-through food, um, you know, they're usually comparing it to something that is much, much higher price-wise. Uh, the one I saw yesterday was the graphic. There's like a $6 fruit cup and like a 99 cent value size french fry. And you can absolutely put a meal together for a couple bucks at a fast food restaurant. I lived off the value meal in college. In fact, I've told you guys, when I was 20 years old, I was eating four meals a day, and a lot of times two or three of those, yes, including breakfast, was Taco Bell. And I actually, from a weight standpoint, we'll talk about the whole calorie deficit thing, I was at the lowest weight that I've ever been. Uh, I got down to 159 pounds. My head looked like it was too big for my body. My head might still look like it's too big for my body, I don't know. But the point is, yes, I'm aware that you can uh, that you can order cheaper options relative to the rest of the menu. But the reason that the fast food restaurants put a value meal and menu together is because they they want that as something as kind of an enticement. But they know even if you're coming in there for the the couple items off the value menu, in general in general, they are, you know, looking to hook you on getting into the habit of coming there one. Once they do that, even if you're just getting the value stuff first, eventually you're going to buy a combo. Why are you going to buy a combo? It's more bang for your buck, supposedly. Okay? So, and then there's all the upsells. You know, do you want that combo in a small? Do you want medium, large? And I think somewhere larger than large. And then pretty soon you're just in the habit or, you know, you're, you're ordering off the value menu and you keep getting more items. So, yeah, I mean, the, the value, it, it's not, it's, the value menu is basically the gateway. Um, kind of like Gary says, I'm, I, I guess I'm the gateway. I'm the pusher. I'm trying to get everybody to podcast. You tried to do some of that podcast? You really good to. Uh, download the Anchor app today, anchor.fm, start talking on your phone. And you will have your own podcast. And I think what you would be surprised at is how many people will actually listen to you tell your story. Um, I do want to say, because I laughed when, when um, Chelsea and Gary were talking about this. And it's always funny for me, like when I'm listening to this podcast and one of our friends is on there, um, when I, you know, like one of our, our mutual folks from Instagram. And if, if they've started a podcast, and I had been the catalyst behind it, um, or part of why it was started. He's always like, uh, and she was like, yep, Daryl's the pusher. Uh, and Chelsea was funny. He's like, Daryl said that, you know, my personality would be good to share. He probably says that to everyone. I don't. What I say to everyone in general is that you have a story to tell. You are telling that story through social media. If you get comfortable podcasting, it's like right now, I'm recording a podcast, but 40 minutes in, I'm just driving. Got both hands on the steering wheel. I was talking to you, letting you know what's up. Um, you know, it's easy. It's a much easier way to, to share your story, and people are starting to listen to podcasts. So no, Chelsea, I don't say the same thing to everyone, or 
or say that everyone's personality will come out. Um, but I do tell them to share their story. Now, will your personality come out? Yup. Will you, you know, uh, and, and will people listen? I think you would be surprised how many people will listen because podcasting, again, is such a new medium to the masses, like we were talking about before, that it's really caught on mainstream. Podcasting's been around forever. Like, I, I remember they were talking about it today. She started a podcast back in, like, 2005. I, I like, seriously, was she, like, one of the first 40 podcasts downloaded? Because um, I wasn't even aware of iTunes. And I know iTunes have been around for a while. Um, but, like, I wasn't really even aware that you could get podcasts and stuff until I had the video iPod. Uh, if you remember this big blocky thing, it was, and, and that would have been uh, for the holidays in 2006. So, like, I wasn't even, I, I know the podcast had been around before then, but, you know, just because it was around and some people were, were getting the adapters to listen to stuff, like, I had the adapter that would plug into the uh, cigarette lighter in my car. I was not, I never going to smoke it, by the way. Um, just, just a tell but like you, you plug this thing into your, your cigarette lighter, and then it would it would play in the car. Uh, you basically the one I had, you would plug this into your lighter, and then you would pick a radio frequency, and then basically you pick the station, and then when you would switch to that station, it would basically it would play whatever you're wanting to play on your iPod. Um, so that's when I was first listening to podcasts, but now. And, you know, Anchor, Anchor to me is fascinating because they've been purchased by Spotify. I feel like everybody has a Spotify account or is listening to stuff on Spotify. When I share this stuff on Instagram, I'm sharing it on Shotify. I'm sharing it on Spotify because um, it's one of those, it's one of the the rare instances that if you have less than 10,000 followers, you actually can link out. So I can share an episode on Spotify, and you got that little button at the top left that says "Listen Now." You can just like from Instagram, click on it, and start listening, and then go back to Instagram and do whatever it is you can do. So, you know, I think this to me is a lot like YouTube was at that point, where a lot of people were watching, but certain people were just starting to create content, and it's like right now for me personally. I have a YouTube channel. There's over 100 videos if you want to watch. I think there's close to 200, actually. Nobody watches it. It's They're there. The message is similar. Um, but you guys can go back to the very beginning and see the tone-deaf version of me the first time I was trying to do something on camera. And uh, it took me like 45 minutes to get a 30-second clip of the way that I wanted it done. Uh, and it still is like, I watch it now, it's kind of funny. And that's kind of what led, that, that's actually what I always remind myself of when I'm, uh, uh, you know, when I, I take my stance on like not editing anything. I don't edit anything, I just put it out. And I let you guys decide if, if the quality's there. Because uh, it's about the message for me. I, I figure if I ever was to get to a point where it would make sense for me to have somebody do editing, uh, or, you know, <coughs> really capture the content, uh, then, you know, I might care a little bit more about it. I think
skills to do the editing and you think it helps you stand out then do it but for me in the game that I'm playing since I'm trying to change people's perception about what's important with a weight loss journey which is kind of a tough battle because when I tell you that you need to focus on what you're doing and the scale's going to going to uh, work itself out considering it's called a weight loss journey and I'm telling you to not focus on your weight um, I sound crazy so um, yeah it's uh, it's really just you know it, it's it, you know for my message it's about hitting you as often as I can and reinforcing it and basically again no surprise here with the fitness coaching stuff I don't have any secrets I tell you guys everything that I will tell my clients but I don't have the context of your situation when I'm telling you on a podcast or on a video, but I'm giving you the information. If you want to take this upon yourself and use it, which by the way, some of you have, and I think it's fantastic because you are working through this on your own, but I know that I can say exactly how to do something. And I know that most people are just going to tune it out and be like, well, I'll do it my way. But doing it your way isn't going to work if it hasn't worked to this point unless you change the uh, the actual foundation. Now again, we're getting to the point with fitness coaching where it's becoming more mainstream. So more of you, used to be that if you had a gym membership, it was like 30 to 40 bucks a month. You had a contract. And then if you wanted to buy a personal training, like if you wanted a training package, you would do that. You would buy training, buy the package. And you, you really could easily invest few hundred dollars a month in, you know, losing weight and what you were doing from an exercise standpoint. I look at it like this. There's a lot more tools in the world today. It's a lot more accessible. You can stream workouts that are going to be just, that, that are going to be phenomenal, that would be just as good, honestly, as what you would get from a trainer back in the mid-2000s. Oh boy, I'm gonna get, I, I might get some messages on that, but you guys know it's the truth. Because any of us that have worked as trainers know no, 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 that there were trainers that we worked with that had templated workouts that they basically tried to give to everybody, and, you know, like, they were garbage. You can do just as good at a gym going through the total body circuit, doing that two to three times. Yes, even if you just stay in the machines and stay, and stay away from the free weight area. I know, my bodybuilders, I don't think there's any bodybuilders that actually listen to this podcast, but if there are, they're, they're turning it off. Um, you know, you do that consistently in the circuits, you're going to lose weight. You will. And then your your exercise program as a whole, you just got to figure out, okay, how am I going to get strength training in? How am I going to get cardio and endurance in? And how am I going to do flexibility? There's your workout. Figure out how you're going to mix those three in, and you're going to be successful and do it consistently. That's it. But what we're coming to with all these tools is you are going to need somebody to help you figure out the context if you want this done as fast as possible. And that's that's the beauty of this. Because while the process is not going to happen as fast as you want it to, if you work with a coach that actually knows the ins and outs and the framework and the underlining things that have to happen to make this, to, to help you be successful then you're going to get there faster than you will on your own. 
So I absolutely can use the impatience of everybody in the weight loss industry because we've been conditioned to, to think that this is some kind of race. It's not. Because it's really about developing skills that are going to stay with you for the rest of your life. But I can use that to my advantage. And the funny part is, is like my clients, like, you know, the ones that are, again, we're talking about the ones that I'm talking to daily, that like, or are most daily, those are the ones that are most successful. And they're getting results. And the ones that we're trying, you know, like, your body's going to take care of itself and do what it needs to do. But the funny part is, yeah, I got clients losing weight. I got clients losing weight much faster than you are on your own. Wait, what? I really say that? Yeah, I really said that. I got one that's down uh, about 70 pounds in about a year. And uh, Emily is, I, I don't, where is she right now? She, she continues to lose weight. I think she's about 90 pounds down in seven months. So, you know, think about that. Think about your own process. But the, the weight loss isn't what I focus on. Because that's just the result of your body getting to where it wants to get based on the effort that you're putting in. But what we're focusing on is setting goals around the things that are within your control, focusing on those, realizing the stuff that's not within your control will take care of itself. But what's funny is, based on somebody's effort, those things outside of your control uh, actually can take care of themselves faster. And I'm not selling any ridiculous pills or wraps or empty promises or any of that stuff. You got to work hard. You got to be consistent. But if you do that, that's what leads to people being successful. And I know, again, the punchline is, is if a hundred of you are hearing this message, some of you might think about it, like maybe five. One of you might message me and say, I think we need to work together on this. I'm, I'm ready to be serious about it. Because that's the other thing. Like, I can't I can't tell you you need to do it. You literally need to listen to this or wake up one day and be like, you know what? He's right. <laughs> I think I want to work with him on this. And the other thing that's nice, like, I don't work with everybody that messages me. The, the, the nice thing about social media and the nice thing about getting to have conversations with people, like, we're already kind of interviewing one another, okay? So you know from what you hear here and our interactions one-to-one, -one, like, there's no mystery with me. You know what you're getting. And by the time we actually would start working together, if that's what, what needs to happen, and for me, it's not where somebody's, it's not your starting point that determines on whether or not, um, you know, we would be a good fit to work together. It's how we get along how willing you are to say, okay, the way that I've been doing this isn't working and I need to do something else and I need to just really learn how to do this and take a slower approach. So, you know, that's what I look for. Um, and I'll tell you, like, and I mentioned, I said my, my, my most consistent clients are the ones that I'm talking to on a daily basis. Uh, I, I will never single anyone out. Um, anyway, but you know, there are clients of mine, but they have to come to it. Like if I say to them, Hey, you, 
we should be talking about this more. Because, you know, like, people go away. <laughs> they go away. I'm still amazed, but, like, I'm like, if you're paying me, don't go away. Seriously, like, let's work through this. Let's figure it out, you know. Um, I'm at a light right now, so I'm doing a drum solo on my, knee on, uh, on my knees. But, so, yeah, like, you know, let's let's just figure out a plan in this situation. And it may not be talking every day, but it's talking frequently. And, and I don't, the, the other thing is, is I assume eventually, especially if you're working with me, because we, you know, you, you know the message, you kind of know where I am with all this stuff, you're going to figure it out eventually. And once you figure it out, your weight's going to take care of itself. All this stuff's going to work out. And once, once all this stuff works out, you're going to be like, yeah, be happy about it and it's going to be a um, weight off your mind and you're just going to feel good and that's what I want for you and if you do that on your own um, that's part of the reason all of this information is here for you because I want you to be successful I really do and I want you to be able to focus on the other things going on in your life and I want you to not have to spend a huge amount of mental energy on weight loss, eating, exercise, all of it. And because I know that, I know what that feels like. It sucks. It really does. Like, you know, you just, it takes up so much, so much mental energy. And it prevents you from doing the things that you want to do. And I don't want that to happen for you anymore. I want you to be able to, you know, start putting the work in. Your body will take care of itself. You focus on the things that are within your control. It's going to be a lot more freeing. And then your weight takes care of itself and you move on to the next thing. Because you're developing habits and skills here that transfer from weight loss to whatever the heck else it is you want to do in life. It's very empowering. But I want you to get, I want you to be happy with the process and I want you to be happy with where you're going. So, I'm here now, guys. <laughs> uh, let me know how your week's going so far. Um, just fitness, weight loss related, or, you know, if you got something else going on, just just keep me posted. You can either DM me on Instagram, I'm at yourlevelfitness, or you can email me. That is Daryl at YourLevelFitness.com. That is D-A-R-Y-L at YourLevelFitness.com. Thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you again real soon.